The magic is artificial intelligence, and you know we've been leveraging different forms of AI and natural language processing, or what we call conversation intelligence, before AI became a household name. Welcome to the All Access Pass, a podcast brought to you by the Patient Access Collaborative, giving you an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at all things access in the ambulatory enterprise. Here, patient access leaders from academic health systems and industry experts share their expertise on hot topics in access, including best practices, process development, organizational dynamics, technological innovation, and patient experience. Hi, my name is Elizabeth Woodcock. I'm the founder and the executive director of the Patient Access Collaborative. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the All Access Pass to Access. And our topic today is a really, really important one, quality assurance, specifically for the contact center. Now, when we started getting together back in 2011 to discuss access, it really wasn't even called that. It was basically, how do we handle calls? That was a decade ago. The notion of quality assurance did not even exist. Honestly, we were just happy if someone answered the phone and maybe even if we even knew the phone number of someone to answer the phone. It was all about volume. It was about the quantity of calls that our team answered. Over the years, we've developed processes to measure quality in addition to quantity. I'm really excited to have today's guest on our podcast. They indeed are the experts in this area of uh, quality assurance and the contact center. Today, I have with me Tracy Coco, who's the Senior Director of Patient Line Innovation at the University of Colorado Health. Suzanne Rahner, who's the Vice President of the Patient Access Center in the Digital Engagement Team at Hackensack Meridian Health. And Chris Munoz, who is the Senior Patient Access Center Manager of the Patient Access Center at the University of Florida, Jacksonville Physicians. We're also joined by our special guest, Scott Kendrick, who is the Senior Vice President of Strategy and Alliances at Call Minor. Suzanne, let me start with you. Can you describe quality assurance in the contact center for your team at Hackensack Meridian? Sure, Elizabeth. Thank you. Yes. Well, I know that quality is definitely listening to calls, right? And monitoring calls and trying to figure out how we're doing and trends. But more importantly, what we've discovered as a result of our quality assurance program is that it's not, of course, we measure for things like compliance and HIPAA and policy and procedure, but we also really listen with the ear of the patient to see, did I get what I needed today? Did somebody make a personal connection with me? Do I have that warmth and that empathy? So even though we have a scorecard that has dozens and dozens of elements and data points that we measure, and I'm I'm sure many people have a similar scorecard, we are really also just focused on what was the overall patient experience and the feeling at the end of that contact. So we do that proactively of course we we monitor proactively and I'm I'm also uh we also do some 
reactive listening, when we have feedback from our internal stakeholders, our hospitals and our practices that we schedule for, we get some feedback. And when we get feedback like that, we also listen to see what happened for root cause analysis. So that that's what quality means to us right now at Hackensack Meridian Health. So Dan, thank you so much. The lens of the customer. I love it. Chris, can you talk a little bit about how you measure and monitor quality at the University of Florida, Jacksonville? Well, I, you know, I can kind of, everything that Suzanne just said was exactly kind of what we do, you know, but at the same time, we wanted to give it, um, have have a tool in place that we can uh, utilize across the board, not only for our call center, but for the uh, other groups in the clinics as well. Um, so once again, we're doing the same thing that Suzanne was doing is we're proactively listening for information so we can help the uh, patient through the clinic as well. So what we're doing is we're feeding back to the clinics what we're hearing during these quality um, quality monitorings. So an example would be we were dealing with the surgery department of surgery and some of the feedback that our quality team was was getting was that uh, patients were having a hard time with the pre-surgery info. Um, and we were able to feed that back to our uh, surgery team, and they were able to improve that and improve their tools. So we're utilizing it as a, a tool for all of the, all the team across the board, not only the call center, but also for the organization as a whole. That's really interesting, Chris, because we're really taking this from the micro level of that particular phone call and really expanding it to understand some root cause issues of challenges to really improve the experience for all of our stakeholders. Tracy, can you describe a little bit about the quality process today at UC Health? Yeah, so at UC Health, we've really taken an approach to leverage uh, technology. So we are no longer manually QAing calls. Everything is done uh, from an automated nature. Um, We started our process from about 0.3% of our total call volume that was manually audited. Now we're scoring about 99% of our calls. So a little bit different of an approach. It's taken, you know, a journey to get here, but we're trying to move away from that manual piece so we can really get a statistically relevant uh, number of calls and then try to take action from there. Really interesting, kind of next level. And I can't wait to explore that a little bit further in just a few minutes. Let's step back to quality. We've been talking about uh, uh, contact centers and quality assurance. Uh, I'm not sure if some of our listeners know how many calls we actually handle. Some of our teams handle a tremendous amount. Suzanne, can you give us a sense of the number of calls your team handles, maybe on a Monday, if not the rest of the week? Um, Yeah, just a little bit more about the team. Sure. We are handling between six and 8,000 calls a day, depending upon the day of the week, of course, with Monday being closer to the 8,000 mark. So I would say an average about 7,000 calls a day. And uh, we are, uh, I think, scheduled to do about 1.5 million this year. So that's uh, that's that's our volume. It's uh, it's pretty high, at least for our, from my perspective, it's high. I don't know how others feel. It, it certainly is for me, absolutely. <laughs> Chris, can you talk about your quantity of calls that you handle at the for your team at UF Jacksonville? Yeah, we we do about a hundred. Uh, average about anywhere from 180,000 to 200,000 um, a month. Um, so it's a pretty high call volume, you know, and and depending on the depending on the day, of course, like 
uh, we're noticing that we're getting more uh, volume um, like towards the end of the year because you're getting after holidays, you get those really big spikes of calls. So I'm, I'm um, foreseeing a little bit more. Uh, I do I do the monthly reporting as well, and I put them all together in a spreadsheet. And, you know, it, it's, it's been increasing quite a bit, especially since COVID. So um, we're probably going to be hitting more like in the 220 to 250 range in the next year or so. That's incredible, Chris. A, a month, yeah. Uh, that is truly incredible. And it's interesting because I think it, as all of us, our patients too, really puts in perspective this amount of work that our teams are doing. Tracy, can I turn it over to you? Talk a little bit about your volume. Yeah. So within our access center, we answer for primary care specialty radiology scheduling, and then we have a nurse uh, triage team. So collectively on an average day, we're getting around 20,000 calls. Monday is obviously higher. Thank you. Uh, it just really speaks to the challenges of of what y'all are dealing with as directors over these uh, over these large contact centers. Suzanne, how what percentage of those calls are you able to pass through a QA screen? We strive to listen to uh, five calls per agent per month. Um, and sometimes we do a little bit better than that. Sometimes we get up to six, sometimes we get up to seven. But one of the things that we've discovered is that even on the months when we increased that uh, number, the trend didn't really change too much. Um, it it didn't it didn't tra- change. We didn't learn anything new. So we've uh, you know said to our leadership over the quality team to you know don't, not necessarily do that and focus more on root cause and and resolution. Um, I wanted to just also mention, because I didn't mention earlier, that we're doing screen capture. And uh, in addition to the number of calls we listen to, which I'm really interested to hear more about, uh, Tracy, uh, Tracy's new process, screen capture has caught, taught us an awful lot about things that go bump in the night and, and how to address them. That's a great point. And, you know, I was thinking about it too. So many of our teams have gone remote. And so that does bring, you know, a new layer of challenges related to monitoring quality. Chris, for you, is there, could you, could you talk about how many calls you screen today for your team and then comment about, is there a right number? Well, you know, we, we started off um, with uh, five per week per agent, um, which was very, uh, was a lot to do, you know, and 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 what, what we were finding was that our QA guys were spending most of their time just kind of like, it was like a tally sheet, basically. So we had to kind of drop it down a little bit more. And and we wanted our quality team to be involved with other things as well. So we wanted to be involved with the feedback and things like that. So we think the three per the three per week per agent works works well with us, um, but you know I think that it's it's a matter of like you know lever- leveraging that time um, and, and making the most out of it. So our QA team is experts at quality. Um, they also are able to go in and to um, provide feedback that maybe our team leads or our managers aren't able to do because they know what's going on and they're able. To, so so it's a big piece of. The three per week um, per per agent is a great place for us to be. We found that's our sweet spot. Um, like Suzanne said, you know, any more than that is getting kind of it's overload, and you're not really learning much more. People have their tendencies, and they get they they have their their the way that they do things. So, you know, it's better. The time is better spent with giving feedback, and our and our QA team is uh, absolutely involved every Friday. Um, they're spending the whole day, um, going in and and meeting and setting meetings with each individual agent that that didn't score where they needed to be, and trying to improve that performance. That's really interesting. Is thinking about 
quality assurance is almost two components. We've been focusing on the scoring, but certainly leaning into the training is absolutely crucial, using that information to make a difference. And so let's turn our attention to think about resourcing quality assurance. I know that a number of our health systems do have dedicated QA teams, and then we also have some contact centers that have their uh, supervisors and managers assigned to doing it. And just to throw out for our listeners an interesting data point, we do a lot of benchmarking through the Patient Access Collaborative. And for our adult health systems, we have about 48 agents for every single 1.0 dedicated uh, quality assurance resource. And on the children's hospital side, interestingly enough, that ratio is 34 to 1. So we have 34 contact center agents for every one dedicated resources. And certainly, I know there's a lot of factors at play. Tracy, I I wanted to see, uh, you know, it sounds like you had such a revolution with this new uh, technology related to quality assurance. Uh, from your perspective, can you can you talk a little bit about your team that's dedicated to QA and how that might have changed with this new technology? Yeah. So as we moved from a manual system to automated, we have one manager, we have three analysts. But as we moved to automated, we were able to take on more with the same number of people. So we're adding on more teams, but we're not growing our QA team because of the automated solution that we have. So we've got about three um, analysts and they work as like content builders, coaching. We also take on coaching for the Access Center. And then they're combing through like a lot of our data to find insights that we can share with um, training and other departments. So we're really at three dedicated um, for about 300 agents. Wow, that's a real game changer when you look at the sort of one to 35 to 50 and you're at one to 100 uh, mm-hmm. by moving out the monitoring and really focusing on the coaching and the training. Well, it's a great segue for us to introduce our other guests that we have on the line representing a company that I understand really has been your partner through this uh, this revolution related to quality assurance at UC Health. So let me take a moment to introduce him. We have Scott Kendrick, who is the SVP of Strategy and Alliances for Call Miner. And so with love, like when I'm hearing and I, I see Chris and Suzanne, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Scott, can you tell us a little bit about this magic? What is the elevator pitch for Call Miner? Sure. Yeah, the the magic is artificial intelligence. And, you know, we've been leveraging different forms of AI and natural language processing or what we call conversation intelligence before AI became a household name. Um, Essentially, the way the system works is we connect to any source of customer interaction or feedback. Most commonly, it's going to be calls within the call center, um, but it could be a chat application or maybe messages in the patient portal. We pull the audio or the message transcript into our platform. If it happens to be a a call, uh, then we use AI to transcribe the voice signal to text. And then we use different elements of AI, including generative AI, to break down or structure the conversation uh, into different things. So the system is able to automatically understand what topics were discussed, why did the patient call in the first place, 
Um, it can track uh, whether the agent is doing the things they're supposed to be doing. So automating that quality scoring that Tracy was referring to, are they doing anything that they shouldn't be doing? But it can also understand the patient side of the conversation as well. And Suzanne kind of related to this, but is the patient satisfied or are they frustrated of what might be driving their frustration uh, with your organization? Um, and note that not only do we do this sort of in what we call post-interaction, so in aggregate to look at big trends and to uh, score performance and assist in the coaching process, but we also do it in real time. So while the interaction is occurring and um, feeding the agent guidance and next best action based on what is happening in the conversation, and at the same time, giving the supervisors um, alerts and the ability to monitor what's happening within their team should they need to intervene uh, in, in one of the interactions, depending on what might be going on. That's amazing. Like we were just talking about root cause, you know, solutions, but it it is, you know, synchronous or, um, you know, and, and what you're talking about is real time, like while the patient is on the line, you're being able to understand these root causes and solve for them. Really, that does sound like magic. Tracy, back to you. Can you talk about some of the tangible benefits? I know this was an investment for UC Health, and you guys were one of the first health systems that we saw do this as part of the collaborative. Like, what are the benefits? Yeah, so since we've gone live with CallMiner, we've experienced a 10-second reduction in our average handle time. I think it's worth noting we've been on the system for almost two years. So it wasn't just a drop in handle time. We've been able to sustain that the whole time. So that directly impacts our staffing and how many people we need to have here. So that has been a very positive experience for us. We also start to look at it a little bit differently. When we start to look at our data, we realize that some of the scripting that we had when we schedule appointments was like very duplicative to like a text that like we might send uh, right before. And so we're using the call miner data to make adjustments to our call scripting. So we're hoping to reduce maybe another like 20 seconds off of those calls as well. Um, and then really, I think, you know, from a QA team perspective, it's very tedious to sit and listen to calls all day long. It's very easy to get burnt out. So as we've migrated over to an automated solution, we're able to give that team a little more variety. So sometimes you're content building, sometimes you're coaching, sometimes you're looking at data. And we've really had a lot of positive feedback from our QA team in that shift. That's really interesting because I would have assumed people would be like, oh, I'm going to lose my job. But instead, you've really been able to uh, deliver them the ability to be next level quality yeah. assurance team members. Really awesome. Um, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, but UC Health is one of a number of health systems that your product is benefiting. Um, can all health systems, you know, we generally are represent kind of a large, uh, large contact centers. Can any health system benefit from this? Yeah, it really can. And, and you're correct. UC Health is one of the handful of providers that use our software today. Um, we've got clients across different disciplines within healthcare as well. So, on the payer side, um, revenue cycle management specialists, uh, also in life sciences in terms of pharma and uh, medical device manufacturers. Essentially, if you run a contact center, 
then this technology can benefit in terms of understanding what is happening in those conversations, again, particularly for the purpose of driving and improving agent performance and, and measuring quality. Um, but each industry may have a unique use case. Uh, so, for example, where Tracy is, you know, concerned about uh, effect, efficacy of scheduling and patient access, if you're in life sciences, maybe you're looking at measuring something like uh, adverse events that might be occurring with your devices or drugs. So, it's it's a very flexible technology that can be pointed at any problem in terms of, um, you know, understanding what is happening in those customer conversations. I really think this is interesting, and and it's something I believe that in access we have a real um, a value proposition here. As we talk a lot about patient feedback within a health system, but a patient doesn't become a patient until they cross over the access center. And so, what we're talking about is really this discovery around you know just as you're talking, Scott. This is really our customers, even if they never make it through. So. What problems are they conveying and what solutions can we offer them? Very futuristic. It's incredible. And speaking of futuristic, Tracy, can you just walk us through what's on the horizon for UC Health as it relates to improving the performance of call handling from a QA perspective? Yeah, so kind of what Scott had talked about earlier with um, real-time. So we are looking to implement a real-time solution, trying to approach it from a little bit different perspective. So as the call is unfolding, we want CallMiner to go out and start popping up alerts for things that it's hearing. My vision for this is having the agent as they're reiterating to the patient what they've heard, they're actually talking to real-time and real-time is going and pulling what they need uh, from our knowledge share. So we want to sort of uh, dig in more to the real-time piece of that. Um, would love to start integrating some epic data into CallMiner and see what that looks like. Really improve our scoring and that kind of goes into our last effort around nurse triage and clinical. I think that's where integrating some of those epic data points around protocols and symptoms and things like that will be really helpful as we roll this out to our nurse uh, triage team at UC Health. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tracy. And it sounds like there's always something great on the horizon for our access leaders. And we have been so pleased to have these amazing leaders on the line. With us today, we had Tracy Coco, the Senior Director of Patient Line Innovation at UC Health, with her partner, Scott Kendrick, the SVP of Strategy and Alliances from CallMiner. We also had Suzanne Rahner, the Vice President of the Patient Access Center and Digital Engagement at Hackensack Meridian Health, and Chris Munoz, the Senior Patient Access Center Manager of the Patient Access Center at the University of Florida Jacksonville Physicians. To our guests, thank you so much for your time. And to our listeners, we appreciate your listening to Quality Assurance in the Contact Center. Thanks and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Patient Access Collaborative All Access Pass podcast. The conversation doesn't end here. Visit the Patient Access Collaborative for more content on our blog at www.patientaccesscollaborative.net or our LinkedIn page. Members can access a massive library of resources, including past webinars, benchmarks, directories, and more. Not a member but interested in these resources and joining a group of 3,000 patient access leaders? Join the Patient Access Collaborative today. 
find real solutions to the challenges in your daily work by sharing ideas, contacts, and best practices with industry leaders in the Patient Access Collaborative. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review where you listen to the podcast. Until next time.